Hello guys, welcome to my channel Wonder Science. Subscribe to my channel and hit the bell icon to get notified by my next video. Without wasting time, let's start with the story. Who is Shiva? When we say Shiva, there are two fundamental aspects that we are referring to. The word Shiva literally means that which is not. Today, modern science is proving to us that everything comes from nothing and goes back to nothing. The basic existence and the fundamental quality of cosmos in vast nothingness. The galaxies are just a small happening, a sprinkling. The rest is all vast empty space, which is referred to as Shiva. That is the womb from which everything is born. And that is the oblivion into which everything is sucked up. Everything comes from Shiva and goes back to Shiva. So, Shiva is described as a non-being, not as being. Shiva is not described as light, but as darkness. Humanity has gone about eulogizing light only because of the nature of the visual apparatus that they carry. Otherwise, the only thing that is always is darkness. Light is a limited happening in the sense that any source of light, whether a light bulb or the sun, will eventually lose its ability to give out light. Light is not eternal. It is always a limited possibility because it happens and it ends. Darkness is a much bigger possibility than light. Nothing needs to burn. It is always, it is eternal. Darkness is everywhere. It is the only thing that is all pervading. But if I say divine darkness, people think I am a devil worshipper or something. In fact, in some places in the West, it is being propagated that Shiva is a demon. But if you look at it as a concept, there isn't a more intelligent concept on the planet about the whole process of creation and how it has happened. I have been talking about this in scientific terms without using the word Shiva to scientists around the world and they are amazed. Is this so? This was known? When? We have known this for thousands of years. Almost every peasant in India knows about it unconsciously. He talks about it without even knowing the science behind it. On another level, when we say Shiva, we are referring to a certain yogi, the Adi yogi or the first yogi, and also the Adi guru, the first guru, who is the basis of what we know as the yogic science today. Yoga does not mean standing on your head or holding your breath. Yoga is the science and technology to know the essential nature of how this life is created and how it can be taken to its ultimate possibility. Shiva refers to both of these because in many ways they are synonymous. This being who is a yogi and that non-being which is the basis of existence are the same. Because to call someone a yogi means he has experienced the existence as himself. If you have to contain the existence within you, even for a moment as an experience, you have to be that nothingness. Only nothingness can hold everything. Something can never hold everything. A vessel cannot hold an ocean. 
This planet can hold an ocean, but it cannot hold the solar system. The solar system can hold these few planets and the sun, but it cannot hold the rest of the galaxy. If you go progressively like this, ultimately you will see it is only nothingness that can hold everything. The word yoga means union. A yogi is one who has experienced the union. That means at least for one moment he has been absolute nothingness. When we talk about Shiva as that which is not and Shiva as a yogi in a way they are synonymous. Yet there are two different aspects. Because India is a dialectical culture we shift from this to that and that to this effortlessly. One moment we talk about Shiva as an ultimate. The next moment we talk about Shiva as the man who gave us this whole process of yoga. Unfortunately, most people today have been introduced to Shiva only through Indian calendar art. They have made him a chubby cheek, blue colored man because the calendar artist has only one face. If you ask for Krishna, he will put a flute in his hand. If you ask for Rama, he will put a bow in his hand. If you ask for Shiva, he will put a moon on his head and that's it. Every time I see these calendars, I always decide to never ever sit in front of a painter. Photographs are alright, they capture you whichever way you want. If you look like a devil, you look like a devil. Why would a yogi like Shiva look chubby cheek? If you showed him skinny, it would be okay. But a chubby cheek Shiva, how is that? In the yogic culture, Shiva is not seen as a god. He was a being. He was a being who walked this land and lived in the Himalayan region. As the very source of the yogic tradition, his contribution in the making of human consciousness is too phenomenal to be ignored. This predates all religion. Before people devised devising ways of fracturing humanity to a point where it seems almost impossible to fix, the most powerful tools necessary to raise human consciousness were realized and propagated. Every possible way in which you could approach and transform the human mechanism into an ultimate possibility was explored thousands years ago. The sophistication of it is unbelievable. The question of whether people were sophisticated at that time is irrelevant because this did not come from a certain civilization or thought process. This came from an inner realization. This had nothing to do with what was happening around him. It was just an outpouring of himself. In great detail, he gave a meaning and a possibility of what you could do with every point in the human mechanism. You cannot change a single thing even today because he said everything that could be said in such beautiful and intelligent ways. You can only spend your lifetime trying to decipher it. The transmission of the yogic sciences happened on the banks of Kantisarovar, a glacial lake a few miles beyond Kedarnath in the Himalayas. Thank you so much for listening. I'll come up with the next episode in my next video. Subscribe to my channel and hit the bell icon to get notified by my next video. Thank you so much for listening. See you. Bye-bye.